Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, all right, all right. You guys ready for some truth today? I hope so, I hope so, I hope so. Um, I don't know how good of a message it'll be, but if you got a listening ear, I think um, the Word of God is always good. It's always good. Truth, if it's truth, it's always good. Yeah. You know, you can tell truth in the wrong spirit and hurt people. Yeah. The Bible says in, in John of Jesus, and here I go, I'm already preaching, right? But the Bible says of John in, about, about Jesus, it says Jesus came full of grace and what? Truth. Yeah. Why grace and truth? When I was a boy, I guess I've never really liked taking medicine, but, you know, my parents would make me take medicine. I've always been fast. They'd have, they well, we had five acres and they would have to run me through the acres and make me take medicine. And I mean, hey, I'm Native American. I was quick, <laughs> quick, skinny Native American, really quick. Often the medicine that they would give me, watch this, they wouldn't give me, I wish I knew more about the actual scientific names of this medicine, but I would have a pill that was coated with a cherry flavor so that I could down it. That makes sense? Because the taste of the medicine itself I wouldn't like, but they put a sweet flavor over it. That's the grace. But the truth that I needed was inside the grace. And a lot of times we want people to take the truth. But Jesus came full of grace and truth. You know how Paul said, tell the truth? Paul said, when you speak the truth, he said, tell the truth coated in what? Love. Listen. You must tell the truth, but you must do it in love. It's the coating that makes truth palatable. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you're getting it, but just he didn't have an ear to hear. Yeah? Let him hear what Abba is saying to his church. Last week... Um, we started talking about something called union. And if you remember, I asked the question. Um, uh, I started by saying, I've, uh, you know, grew up hearing all these terms and all these things in church hymnals, revival, anointing, salvation, conferences, soteriology, all the ologies, hermeneutic, all the stuff, Bible, you know, Genesis, the book of Revelation, all these terms. And I, I, I was kind of familiar with some of those because I heard them so much. But one term I never heard nobody use in church that really is a hinge term in the New Testament is the word union. Is the word union. And I think if you learn about, watch this, here I go now. If you learn about justification or if you learn about your sins or if you learn about these things and you miss union, you will get messed up. Let me tell you something. You want to find some hurt people? Find church hurt people. <laughs> oh, boy. Find some church hurt people. And because we never learned about union, we were easily swayed in our faith. And I want to just keep talking about some of the benefits of our union with Christ Jesus. In other words, what happens because of union? Um, remember, here's union. Union is essentially this. I, I used to teach this, and I'm trying to buy back CDs off the streets that I preached years ago because <laughs> I made a mess of some stuff. Union is this. I used to preach this really, really good. And remember this. All revelation is progressive and successive. If you can't agree with yourself from 10 years ago, you haven't grown. All revelation is successive and progressive. So I used to preach, you need a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't preach that anymore. I don't live that anymore. It's bad, bad, bad. It's, it's an okay place to start, but a pitiful place to finish. Because you and I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. By the way, you won't even find that in scripture. But what you will find in scripture is that you have union with Jesus. Right? I have a personal relationship with a lot of people in this room, but I only have a union with one. Watch this. And the union I have with the one 
is my invitation to intimacy that only comes legally, it only comes through the one I have union with. Do you know what we call intimacy outside of union? It's <laughs> fornication, Lord God Almighty. One of there's a lot of spiritual fornication taking place because we don't understand the importance of union. Yeah? So Paul came along and he taught believers that you just don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I can have a personal relationship with Sean and talk bad about him behind his back. Sean makes a decision. It doesn't impact me. I make a decision. It doesn't impact Sean because just, he's just a guy I have a personal relationship with. But if I have union with you, my decisions directly impact you. Yeah? Jesus said this, John 14, I'm in you, the Father's in me, and you're in us and we're in you. Watch this. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? That's union. You know what Paul says to the church of Corinth? He says, he who is joined to the Lord, that's union, is one spirit. What? I... Put that on your refrigerator. That's, that should be a new refrigerator verse. He who is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. You and I have the only God in the known universe that says, I want to be your groom and I want you to be my bride. That gospel. Gospel. So I want to talk more about union today and some of its benefits of union. And by the way, in union... The weaker always gets overtaken by the stronger. And the strength of the strong becomes the strength of the weak. In our union, God is not getting strength from me. But in our union, <laughs> I'm getting my strength from him. Come on, how joined are you to him? How much union do we have? Jesus said it this way. I am the vine and you are the what? Let me ask you a question. Does the branch have a personal relationship with the vine? Or does he have union with the vine? There's a whole lot of union right there, right? How much so? So much so that the sap of the vine flows through the branch. That's union. That's what we have. You know what the scripture says? It says, you and I have been grafted in. What? Been grafted in him? That's union. So I just want to demolish this. I have a personal relationship with Jesus mindset. Because if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you can walk out of that. But you can't be you can't be in union and never walk out of that. I bless you with that. I bless you with that. You ready for this? If you brought your instruction manuals, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. I want to read so much Bible today. Man, Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, Yep, I hope it makes sense. It's my turn, Bishop. I hope it makes sense to you. You know, in the, in, the, in the American church, in the West, we try to make everything make sense. But really, in the East, they don't do that. They leave it veiled in mystery, and they let the Holy Spirit walk you into it. <laughs> Jesus didn't try to go around and make the kingdom make sense to people. Yeah, we try to, in America, we try to get, get things in the kingdom by head knowledge when it requires heart knowledge. Listen, there's some places you can only get in the kingdom by way of a hungry heart, not a big head. That makes sense? Hope you're taking notes. That's good stuff right there for you. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews is the best, the best book in the Bible in regards to what the new covenant is all about. Because Hebrews, um, we don't know who wrote it. Most people believe Paul wrote it. But the writer of Hebrews just demolishes and talks about um, the weakness, as it were, of the law. And how the law couldn't make you just. It couldn't make you righteous. It couldn't give you boldness. It couldn't give you confidence. You had to always keep repeating, repeating, repeating. 
But then comes Jesus, and then comes the beauty of the new covenant. And I'll say this, and I'm gonna just read, my, read the Bible to you a little bit. The reason most of us grew up struggling in church, and I came, I came out of a church like this, guys. Most of the churches I grew up in were this way, is we grew up in churches that mingled old covenant principles and new covenant principles. We call that, watch it, mixture. And those churches preach well. Their worship is absolutely amazing. But the behind the scenes portion of those people's lives is a wreck. I'm just telling you the truth. Right? The, the true path of freedom will always come to us if we get the truth about our covenant with God. Have you ever read the Bible and said, well, that's beautiful. But I know nothing about what that's like. Have you ever read scriptures that say this? I'll give you peace that passes all what? Now, how many people you know that actually live in peace that passes understanding? What about this? Joy unspeakable and full of? Oh, glory. How many people do you know that have joy unspeakable and full of glory? When we get this, we'll have it, right? We get this. I want to say I have peace that passes understanding. My wife would probably say, as much as I hate to hear him say that, I believe that about my husband. I try to not never have a bad day. You may never catch me ever having one. The gospel is truth. I didn't say bad stuff doesn't happen. I'm just saying, in here, my inward world is fixed on him. <laughs> this is going to help us today. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 10. Let me skip. Let's go to verse 1, Kaylee. I'm going to read 1 through 4, and then we'll skip to verse 11. 1 through 4, and then we'll skip to verse 11. I'm reading from the New King James. Here it goes. Everybody say, for the law. What was the law? 613 commandments. We primarily know 10, but it was 613 of them. The law could also be labeled AKA Old Covenant, Old Testament. For the law, having a shadow of things to come. Everybody say shadow. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. Not the very image of the things themselves. The law can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer how often? Continually, year by year, the law could not make those who approach it perfect. In other words, every time somebody in the nation of Israel would offer sacrifice, it would never make them perfect. It would never make them Whole, and they would have to do it year by year. Now watch this, verse two. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? I mean, if it would make them perfect, couldn't they have stopped offering sacrifices? For the worshiper once purified would have no more conscience of sins. That would be a miracle. How many of you guys have, you've sinned, you've made a mistake, you said, you know, God forgive me. And even though you know you said, God forgive me, but in your mind, you still remember what you did. And even though you asked forgiveness of that thing you did, the weight of it still was on your mind. So I asked God for forgiveness, but how can the blood of his son reach my conscience? Wow. Singing songs about forgiveness, but in my conscience, I don't feel very forgiven. This is nothing new, but watch this. Verse three, but in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. In other words, every time a person brought a sacrifice to the temple of God, to offer it for forgiveness of their sins, what they were doing were reminding themselves that I'm a sinner. They were reminding themselves, I'm still missing it. The sacrifice itself was a reminder, you got issues. <laughs> but verse four says, for it is not possible that the blood of a bull and a goat could do what? It wasn't possible. And how many did they offer? Literally millions and millions and millions of them. Now let's skip down to verse 11. Every priest, which was the person that offered the sacrifices on behalf of the nation of Israel, every priest that stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly. I even hate the way that sounds, daily. Boy, that was just cumbersome. Daily they had to offer sacrifices. Daily they were bringing this and daily, daily ministering, working, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. He's, he's reminding us again, which can never what? And then the narrative shifts to Jesus. But this man, notice that man is capital there. That's not a priest, a, a normal priest. That's Jesus. But this man, Jesus, I'm about to throw this Bible. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered 
one sacrifice for sins forever. The priest daily, Pastor Ken would minister every day, offering sacrifices year after year after year after year. They lived in blood. A priest in the Bible was nothing more than a glorified butcher. They lived in blood. They would have smelled like blood. Their clothes were drenched in blood. Animal hair, blood and fire. Animal hair, blood and fire. Year after year, offered sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins, which clearly says it would never take away sin. It was a reminder that you are a sinner. Watch this. But this man, Jesus, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever. The thing about Jesus that makes him interesting, is Jesus was both the high priest who would offer the sacrifice, but he was also the sacrifice with which he offered. And it was his blood. (laughs) He provided the blood, he provided the sacrifice, and he provided the ministry or the work to get it done. The new covenant says, you do nothing. I do it all. I am so glad that my covenant with God has absolutely zilch to do with me. I will lose my car keys. Ask my wife. You think I'm going to keep my own salvation? My, see, I'll ask, hey, can you call my phone, baby? <laughs> All the wives in the room said. And I know me, and I got the 10th spiritual gift for the spirit, forgetfulness. But this man, after he offered what? One sacrifice for sins forever. You know what he did? Sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies would become his what? Footstool. Ain't got time to preach it, but all of my short people know what a footstool is. I can't reach that in the pantry. What you, you pull out a footstool. What do you do on a footstool? You know what Jesus said? You know what Jesus said? I'm going to do with all my enemies. I'm going to make them footstools. <laughs> It'll be their back that you stand on to go higher. Isn't that, the, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it. Listen, listen. For by one offering, verse 14, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I love it when God says you can be perfect. Watch it now. Verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he said this before, watch this. This is the covenant that I will make with them in Edmund 2021 years later, says the Lord. I will put my laws not on stone tablets, but in their hearts. Not on written scrolls, but in their minds will I write them. And then he adds verse 17. This here is the hinge verse of all the, all the New Testament. You ready? Their sins... And their lawless deeds, I will what? That is not a preacher comment. That is a Bible verse. Teach your kids that one. God says, I will, man, their sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Watch this, verse 18. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Because of what you just read and what you just learned about Jesus, verse 19 is powerful. Therefore, brothers, having boldness now to enter into the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way which he consecrated for us, that is beyond the veil, that is his flesh, having a high priest now over the house of God. Now, in light of this truth, now you can draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Man, I remember the time, like I didn't have full assurance of nothing because I knew what I did the night before. Y'all act like y'all Jesus' third cousin. I said, I remember not being able to have faith in God that he could use me to do anything because I knew I just got done cussing. I knew I got done lying. I went to the mall and I was lusting. Let me tell you how bad I used to be messed up with lust. I remember one time, I was like 16 or 17, all right? I'm walking in the grocery store behind my mom, pushing the cart. She's in front of me pulling off stuff. I'll never forget it. This young lady walked like at the end of the aisle. She walked past the end of the aisle. Watch this. Baby, she wasn't the one, by the way. She wasn't the one. My wife's the one. (laughs) I was so messed up. I quit looking at my mom, who had stopped and was grabbing something. I didn't give my mom a flat tire. I made a speed bump out of her. I flattened her right there on aisle 10 by the the Frosted Flakes. (laughs) My mom said, you have to know my mom. Native American Lumbee Indian, right? She said, what's your problem? (laughs) 
I made something up. She, she still to this day don't know I was trying to check out that young lady. So messed up, right? Couldn't even confess to my mom. You know what, mom? I saw a, a person I thought was hot, and I looked at her, and I just almost made a speed bump out of you, right? Just messed up. Just messed up. But now I can draw near with a true heart. Watch this. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water. Now I can hold fast the confession of my hope without wavering. You know why? Because the one who promises faithful, not me. Lord, let your word be true as it is to us today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Let me pull out a few notes so I'll stay on track. In 1945, after World War II was really over, Japan still had some soldiers that were in the Philippines and they were trying to bring all their soldiers home because we Americans will drop an atomic bomb on you if you don't believe it, right? We released two bombs and the war was really, really over. Japan still had some soldiers that were in the Philippines and one of those specific soldiers was a lieutenant by the name of Onada, O-N-O-D-A. I probably just butchered his name, but Lieutenant Onada. Lieutenant Onada recorded that when he went in to war and they based him out of the Philippines, his general told him, listen, do not leave these jungles until we come back and get you. We are going to keep pilferaging and keep pushing back against America. We're going to turn this thing around until Pearl Harbor. And until we begin to drop some bombs. That general never came back and got Lieutenant Onada. But in Onada's mind, I'm supposed to stay here until my general or his overseer comes and gets him. His overseer thought, certainly he's heard the news. America's dropped two bombs. It's over. This war is over. They begin to pull out, take everybody back. In this case... Um, to Japan, but Lieutenant Onada was not aware that the war was over until many years later. Lieutenant Onada stayed in the Philippine jungles, this is a historical fact, for 29 years fighting a war that was over. Do you hear that? In 1974, a college student who'd heard the stories about Lieutenant Anata said, I'm going to go get that man and bring him back home. So he flies over to the Philippines, tracks Lieutenant Onata down in the jungle and says, Onata, the war's been over for 29 years. You can come home. He said, that, he said this is all a gimmick by America to pull us out so they can kill us. He said, no, 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 it's, it, the war's been over. They dropped bombs. It's been over a long time. They literally took airplanes to try to get him out of the jungle, and they would drop leaflets or pamphlets down that says the war is over. Lieutenant Onada would go on record saying, I thought that was part of America's way also of bringing us out so they can destroy us. He made a friendship with the young man, but the young man couldn't convince him to leave the jungle. Finally, uh, the government of Japan, I guess you can say, sent in his old overseer who just luckily happened to be alive. And when he saw him, he said, the war is over. And he marched out with him. Lieutenant Anata, who was used to stealing food from uh, the Philippine people and just pilferaging their goods just to make a living because in his mind, the war was still on. He went back and he started fundraisers giving back to the people that he pilferaged from once he found out that the war was over. You say, what in the world does that story have anything to do with us new covenant people or us Jesus people or us union people? It has everything to do with us. Most of us spiritually are living in a realm or a dimension or we have a paradigm of thinking that's really old covenant thinking and we're living in a place <laughs> that by the life of Jesus, Jesus said there's something so much better. Why would you get caught fighting a war that is over when I gave you this new kingdom that you can live in? See, it's fun and games reading about somebody like Lieutenant Anada until you say, well, man, could that be me? Why would I want to live in an old covenant when a new one has been provided? 
Why would I want to drive an old car when a new one has been provided? Why would I want to live in a 19 or a 1874 house when a new one could be provided? Why would I want to live under an old covenant with lesser promises when a new one has been provided with stronger, more wholesome promises from Jesus himself? I want you to know, if you struggle with performance, you know what that is? That is a sure indicator that a old covenant mindset may somewhere be, has attached itself to you in some kind of capacity. Because under the old covenant, you did in order to be. Catch it. I offer the sacrifice and then I get forgiven. I keep the law and if I don't make a mistake, then I'm considered righteous. Under the new covenant, whoa, you receive to be. The old covenant is based off what we do. Watch it. The new covenant is based off what Jesus has already done. One you do in order to receive. The other one you just receive. It's the old and the new. It's the old and the new. The book of Hebrews is all about the term better. It's about a better priesthood. It's about better sacrifices. It mentions the word better promises. Look at uh, Hebrews 10 verse 1. Kaylee, if you're back there, throw that back up on the screen. He says, the law having a shadow of good things to come. If I had a briefcase filled with $100 bills and I said, look, here's, here's a shadow of the brief, briefcase. You can have the shadow of the brief, briefcase filled with money or you can have the briefcase filled with money that made the shadow. Which would you pick? <laughs> Watch this. Do you want the shadow of the, of the substance? You know, the scripture says that the law was a shadow of things to come. It says, but Christ is the substance. You see a shadow come around a corner, but the shadow seems big, like, whoa, there comes a shadow. A shadow is just telling you something else is what? Coming. Watch this now. The law having a shadow of good things to come. There are some good things in the law, but it was just a shadow of the good things to come. A shadow of a knife can't cut you. A shadow of a bullet can't penetrate your skin. A shadow of a check can't pay your bills. <laughs> Yea, do I walk through the valley of the... It was all a shadow. But the man who made the shadow was coming. The law was simply saying, somebody gooder than me, better than me is coming. There is an old covenant. But he said, it is nothing more than a shadow of the good things that are to come. You can get caught up living in something old, even though something good has been provided and something new has been provided. My father-in-law used to make this quote all the time. He said, it would be a travesty if I buy you a new house, but keep finding you at your old address. And don't you know that the father is in heaven right now sitting on his throne? Don't think of a massive, you got to think more of like a lazy boy. Sitting on his lazy boy with his son by his right-hand side. Think more of a living room posture right here. And he's going, why are my kids choosing to live beneath their means when I provided this for them? Why do they think about me this way when I provided this way for them to think about me? Right? And I want you to know the war is over. Everybody say legalism. Oh, I was a legalist. I was a legalist. You know what legalism is? We're going to put this definition on the screen for you. Legalism is this. It's a belief that if you follow the rules, it makes you acceptable or lovable. Legalism. If I keep the law, that's what makes me acceptable or lovable. That is good until you what? You don't keep them. <laughs> you know what the Bible says about the law? It says, if you break one, you could keep 612 of them, you know, for 50 years. But the moment you break one, you didn't break just one. Not according to the law. If I lied to you, you know what that makes me? It also makes me an adulterer. 
I couldn't keep the law, man, because I like to taste the bacon. I just, I'll tell have you, okay, turkey bacon, you're right? Somebody's like, Peter, Peter. You were good as long as you didn't make a mistake. That was the law. It was legalism, right? Some of y'all been to church where that was really rampant. Made a mistake. Well, you can't, you can't even usher. Made a mistake. You can't even do kids check in. Made a mistake. You can't, well, I'll let you trim the hinges, but you can't, you know, you can't do nothing in the building. Legalism. When you get it right, then we'll let you do something. When you get it right, then God will use you. When you learn to keep the rules, then you'll be acceptable and lovable. Huh? This is taught to us even from when we're kids. And I'm not saying go break the rules because you can do anything you want in the kingdom. Don't, don't twist the words. But I'm just saying a legalistic mentality has hurt a lot of people. And then if we don't struggle with legalism, another thing the law really introduces is what I call moralism. Belief that being a good person makes me acceptable and or lovable. And the reason we will become a legalist or a, or a moralist is, you know why? Because everybody wants to be accepted and everybody wants to be loved. But the Father of heaven did not want us to think that he loves us or accepts us only when we dot every I or cross every T. Because he knew what he was making before he even made us. And he said, I'm still going to make you anyway. What? You knew that I was going to miss it? And you still were going to love me? That's love. I'll never forget when my wife and I went to, uh, we went to premarital counseling because I was going to need it. <laughs> right? Somebody recently asked me uh, last week, um, do you think we need premarital? Yes. She didn't finish the statement. Do you think we need pre? Yeah, you need pre-everything. <laughs> you need pre-everything. And then after you get done with the pre, go back and get some more. You need post. You need pre and you need post. Get all of it, right? Well, when we went to premarital counseling, um, babe, you remember this. Pastor Dwayne said, he's like, Joshua, I want you to look at Lindsay. And I was obliged to, right? Lindsay, I want you to look at Joshua. And I'll never forget this. He said, Lindsay, if you cannot be married to the man that you're marrying right now with all of his flaws, because you think he's going to get better, don't marry him because you don't know that. And Joshua, if you can't be married to Lindsay with all of her flaws, don't marry her if you think she's going to get better because you don't know that for sure. You don't know that you're going to get better. Yet God could see us and said, I see every mistake that Stephen's going to make in his whole entire life, and I still choose Stephen. Because God's love toward humanity is not based on us, watch this, being good boys and being good girls. In the old covenant, it was set up that way. If you miss a law, you were guilty of them all. Under the old covenant, you could say it really would have been an eye for an or tooth for a tooth. You do me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. But you know what Jesus introduced to us through this new covenant? He said, now, because my spirit is on the inside of you, now you can bless those who what? Curse you. When's the last time somebody cursed you? You said, God bless you, brother. You know why that's powerful, though? That's what Jesus did. Bless those who curse you. Watch this. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Man, she used me. I have, I have told people off in prayer. God, I want you to kill their fish, kill their dog, flatten their tires. I pray there's no motor in there, no oil in their engine. Let the blood blow up, God. Let me give you some Old Testament prayers. Listen, David, Old Covenant. David said, Lord, remove their great cheek tooth. I'm like, what? He said, God snatched their teeth out. God breaks the arms of the wicked. I'm like, what? Wow, God did MMA. Okay, mixed martial arts for y'all don't watch that. Like, I read this, I'm like, man, this was some rough stuff. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide everything, because God is coming to get you. Old covenant. I just tell my kids, you keep getting me upset, I'm going to go old covenant. You know, God would wipe you out in the Old Testament. Thank God for the new. 
Well, Josh, what's the beauty of our union? We're, I know you keep saying we, we are in one with Christ. Yeah, tell me about it. Here we go. Here we go. Put number one up on the screen, Katie. In the new covenant, we now have, everybody say this, complete forgiveness. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. I really am going to throw my Bible up. I won't throw this. This is heavy. This is old. This is a thick one right here, but I need to get me a thin line, thin, thin page Bible right here because this is too thick right here. This, this, this helps me. Verse one of Hebrews 10 again, the law having a shadow of things to come, not the very image of the things, can never with these same, sacri- same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect, right? Verse four, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Why did they offer sacrifices for? So that sins could be taken away. But the reality was in the old covenant, was your sin ever taken away? Everybody say never. Never. Now watch this. Is that good news? You know what the word gospel means? Good news. That is not good news. So is it possible that I can be completely forgiven? Yes, it is. If you're taking notes, write this down. Complete forgiveness. Well, Well, Joshua, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. You are completely forgiven of everything in your past because of the blood of Jesus. If you brought one, I want you to put it on. Put, buckle your seatbelts right now. Buckle your seatbelts. About to encounter some turbulence here. Religion is about to get, have a head-on collision with gospel. You are not only completely forgiven of your past, you are completely forgiven of your present. How many goats did you sacrifice this week? How many cows did we sacrifice this week? How many red heifers did we sacrifice this week? How many turtle doves? We are completely forgiven of our past. I wish I would have learned this in church, but I'm telling you. We are completely forgiven of our present and here's the one that always gets religious people upset. You are completely forgiven of your future of sins you haven't even done yet. Oh my God. You did not say that. It's gospel. I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe I'm, I'm forgiven of stuff I haven't done yet. The truth is when Jesus died on the cross, all of our sins were in the future. Okay, you win, check. You got, you, got, you got me, Pastor. You got me. Oh, you, that was a good point right there, Pastor. You got me. Everybody say union. union. Complete forgiveness. We used to sing a song when I was growing up. Because it reaches to the highest mountains. I mean, if you were doing good and you lived on a high mountain, that was good. It, it'll find you there. And it flows to the lowest valleys. If you were one of those valley dwellers, the blood would find you there. Know the rest of that song? It will. I can remember as a boy sitting on those red church pews of the church that my dad pastored, not having a clue about that song, not having a clue what we were singing about. But now, when I read Hebrews 10, and I know that what those guys did thousands of years ago, they were trying their best to get forgiveness of sins, but every time they offered a sacrifice, they were only reminding themselves, the nation and God, that I was a missing it person, meaning sin means to miss the mark. I'm making a mess of life. But yet this man, who was Jesus, offered one sacrifice forever that would cleanse all humanity, past, present, and future. That is good news. I also grew up in a day where you only, you only got forgiven of the sins that you confessed for. I, trust me, there's at least one you don't remember you did. Then we're all going to hell forever because there's at least one I can't remember, Right? But the blood of Jesus is powerful. Not only that, Revelations 13 and 8. This right here, man, can't, I just, just let me th- throw it. 
throw it. It says that Jesus was the lamb. Watch this. That was slain. This is powerful. Before the foundations of the earth. Watch this. And for all who dwell on the earth, watch this, will worship him, meaning Jesus, whose names, watch this, have not been written in the book of the lamb. Watch this. The lamb that was slain from where? The foundation of the world. Hold on now. Jesus didn't die 2,021 years ago. On earth's time clock, he did. But God doesn't wear a Rolex. In the mind of God, in the economy of heaven, you know when Jesus died? He said, Father, I'll go down and die for the people that you haven't made yet, that'll live on the planet you haven't even made yet, so that when they do sin, they can never come to you and say, God, you can't use me because I did this. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to clean up the milk before they spill it. I'm going to fix the glass they broke before they ever even had a chance to broke it, before they ever had a chance to break it, so that they can never use their sin as an excuse why you or me can't love them. I am going to go down and be the lamb that is slain before the foundation of the world so that all of their sin will be in my past and all of their sin will be in my present and all of their sin will be evaporated, done away with, even in their future. So whether you lived, you know, 7,000 years ago, when they say Adam was on the planet, it doesn't make a difference. All of our sin was always in Christ's future, and his blood left his veins, left his head, left his side, left his wrist, and left his feet. And I'm telling you, it did not simply cover our sins of the past or our present, but his blood reached way into the future. For kids that haven't even been born yet the blood found them do you understand that do you understand the weight of the ramifications of the gospel first peter chapter 1 19 and 20 throw that up there kaylee watch this this is crazy this is crazy so just getting ideas that come across my mind this wasn't in my plans but here it goes i guess it was in god's so the blood the blood cleanses past the blood cleanses present watch it and the blood cleanses what watch it past present future boy sure sounds like a cross to me watch this put it can you put up verse 18 is that possible, Kaylee? Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, in other words, things that can perish, like silver or gold, which in his day would have been very expensive, just kind of like they are now. But you were redeemed, not with corruptible things like silver and gold, from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers. Go ahead and talk about their dad like that, Peter. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse 20. For he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. This was set to happen before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. This was always God's plan, that it would happen this way, but you and I just woke up to it. So the blood cleanses all of my past. The blood drenched all of my future. And before you even have a chance to do it, the blood says, I've already gone ahead of you. And by the way, it's a dangerous thing to walk in your past where you missed it if you don't go through blood. Listen, it's a dangerous thing to venture in the past if you don't go through blood. Second thing and last thing I want to talk about is this. The, number two, the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover our sins, but it cleanses us of our sins. Whoa, wow. The blood of Jesus doesn't just cover us of our sins, it cleanses us of our sins. Some of you guys can't see this, but I want to show you something right here. You see this right here? It just says sin, S-I-N. Sin, S-I-N. This was the dilemma of all humanity. Which, by the way, do you think Adam's sin in the garden was a surprise to the father? Watch this. If, if Adam's sin was a surprise to the father, then Jesus was God's plan B. Jesus was not God's plan B. 
He was always God's plan A. Listen now. Sin happened. Adam felt separated from God. Watch this. But I like to tell this to people. You and I, watch this, before we were lost in Adam, don't miss this, we were already found in Christ. Which came first, the sin of Adam or the lamb slain before the foundations of the world? I know I never told me that in church. Now you can say somebody told you that in church. It's quite freeing actually. Like literally, it's quite freeing actually to me. If our theology starts in a garden where a man fell, we quit reading too early. We should have went back further to the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We should have went to Ephesians 1, 4, where Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I was with him before I ever got here. I was in Christ before I was ever in my mom's womb. Before we showed up in a hospital room as a baby, we were in the Father. Blood found us there. Why, according to Hebrews 10, did they bring sacrifices? You know why they brought sacrifices? Because, boy, I can't stand this part of my life. And I'm going to take the blood of this innocent animal who never did wrong, and this is my wrong, and I'm going to put his blood on top of my wrong. And for one more year, I'm going to do what to it? I'm going to cover it on up. Cover it on. That's what they did. They did this for years. They covered it up. Covered it. Covered. Covered it. It's covered. It's covered. Every sacrifice. Covered. My attitude? I, I can cover it. I can cover it. Sin always brings death. I could hide a dead cat in your house for a day or so. But eventually, what's it going to start doing? Somebody says, stinking. Stinking. I can tell where you're from by how you say that. How's your life smell? Every priest stands daily, daily breaking sacrifices, full of labor, full of toil, full of sweat, daily taking blood and putting it over all the sins, doing nothing more than just putting a Band-Aid on a shotgun wound. Daily, daily, daily doing that. Turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. Turn from your... You know, if you keep turning from your sin, you know what it makes you? A dizzy sinner. Anyway, and just keep. Well, really, really deep right there, Pastor John. You bless us for that. Turn from your sin. Turn. Don't look at it. Turn from your sin. Don't look at it. Repent. Turn from your sin. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Turn from your sin. If I see one more altar call about turn from your sin, well, if you turn from sin without being told whom to turn toward, you will inevitably turn back to sin which is what happens all the time, right? Right? Jesus did not come to offer sacrifices to cover sin. Scripture says these guys covered sin, but it says Jesus came, and when Jesus came, this is the beauty, all Jesus did is Jesus completely cleansed us of it, like done. Why would you go to God telling him where you sin when he would say, Katie, I don't remember anything you're talking about. And you can't make God remember what he says he forgot. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. God, through Jesus, doesn't just cover the sins of humanity. He says, I cleanse you of it. And of all unrighteousness, I cleanse you of it. Past, present, watch it now, and future. This man, after he had one sacrifice offered, sat down at the right hand of God. Throw up verse 12, Kaylee. Verse 12. Do you know in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, when they would offer these sacrifices and get done, there was one piece of furniture that was nowhere in the tabernacle of Moses or nowhere in the temple of Solomon. They did not have a chair. You know why? Because they were going to come and do it again the next day. And the next day. And the next day. But it says when Jesus got done as a priest, he found a chair. And he sat down. 
Romans, John 19, 30. It is Greek. Tetelestai. Boy, when Jesus said that. You got to come back to the stage. Ken, I, I just need a keyboard. It's fine. T- On a cross, he said, Tetelestai. The people that were standing around him heard him say it was finished. But the sin that went all the way back to the garden, that sin said, that was the creator. That was the redeemer of all humanity. He just spoke concerning me to tell us that. He says, you are finished. You are done. Your debt that you created in humanity found its sum in me, and it's done now to tell us that. And I bet you every angel in eternity went. He just spoke the words. He said, to tell us that. Huh? Every demon that had ever been created said, he spoke the word. He spoke to tell us that. It is finished. So what, what does that mean though? I mean, that preach is good, but what does that mean? Well, one, it means if you've made a mistake and we all have, God is not going to continually keep reminding you and neither do you have to keep reminding God, God, I did this. He knows. He knows. He has foreknowledge. He's omniscient, omna all, omniscient knows. He knows all things. He's omna, say a, omna knows, say a sees. He sees all. He knows where we missed it, and he's not going to ever change his mind about us. But the truth is, before we missed it, we were already clean. What well, doesn't make sense? That's why it's gospel. It's the too good to be true good news, yet it's true. I know people that get offended when you tell them the too good to be true good news. Yeah, but I'm telling you, Jesus found a chair and he said to tell us that it's finished. It's finished. And you know what he says now because of this gospel? You know what he says? He says, when this happens, you will now have boldness to come before me. Because he used to couldn't come before God because, boy, I hope I made a mistake. Because if I did, he's going to smite me down. Which, by the way, he was never that kind of God. He says, now when you find out what Jesus has done and you don't got to try to go and raise a cow and kill it and bring a perfect calf and all this stuff, he says, you know what? That blood sprinkles your conscience. My conscience is clear now. And he says, you can come with boldness into the holiest of all. Well, hold up. I thought only high priests could do that. Who are you to me? You're my child. You can cry right up on my lazy boy if you want to. I don't care anywhere I'm sitting in my house, my kids can crawl up on me, and often they do, no matter what I'm doing, because my lap is their lap. You can come with boldness into the holiest of all, said Paul, about Jesus. I want to just pray with you today, but as we journey on going forward, I pray that freedom comes to you when you understand the benefits of being in union with Jesus. That your past, present, and your future have all been taken care of. Watch this. Old Testament, New Testament. Watch this. Pre-cross, post-cross. Pre-cross, you do. Post-cross, he did. Pre-cross, cover. Post-cross, cleansed. Pre-cross, you can keep filling in. Work. Post-cross, you receive. Pre-cross, you had to do it daily or year by year. Post-cross, once and for all. Oh, man, the gospel's powerful. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. Stand to your feet with me. If you're in this room today, man, I don't know where you live or what you live with or what you've been taught in church or how you grew up. We all came from different backgrounds. I know I came from a crazy background, and I still got crazy in me. But I'm learning, man, that the blood works and it's cleansing me. If you struggle with feeling forgiven and 
feeling like you always got to do just to be, I want to give you permission to cease on that spot, man, and let what Jesus has done become your all. Hey, Lucy, could you come back and sing that song we were just singing? I'm sure Ken can find you. If you feel anything in your heart at all when we're singing, I want you to know, man, this front is open. But right where you are, you can just receive of his goodness and we're done. We're done. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. My beloved is the That's old covenant thinking. And only recently has God begun to free me from some of those same thought processes and some of those same thought patterns. And I just want to extend an invitation to you right now to receive the forgiveness that Jesus gave of himself for you. And no more will any other sacrifice ever be needed. No more daily or yearly sacrifice. And this man, by one sacrifice, has forever atoned for all the sins of humanity. And Jesus is right now seated on a throne right beside his father saying, it was for Mark and it was for Joshua and it was for Katie and it was for Godlove and it was for Stephen and it was for Mingo and it was for Darla and Alex and, and it was for Jason and, and, and Lindsay and it was for Nigel and it was for Danielle and it was for Chris and Kayla and, and Honor and, and Sailor and the blood of Jesus for all eternity will speak on the behalf of those who merely put their trust in him and so if you need that right now you don't have to perform man you don't even gotta walk to the front of a church just in your heart say Jesus I received that from me and the performer in me let the blood hit that performer the person in me who always tries to hide because of something I did let your blood hit that part of my life too and everything in me that's not like you Jesus would you let the blood that you shed really before the foundations of the world would you let it not cover that thing because I'm tired of trying to cover it I need this thing to be cleansed and I just received that cleansing right now in the name of Jesus and Holy Spirit I thank you for making that real to every person under the sound of my voice and I pray that that message would so get down into the foundations of who we are as a church right here in Edmond that when I even me when I try to stray away from it you'll remind me no son I did it it's done I did it it's done I, I did it it's done you are forgiven past present and future you're cleansed this is the gospel. And I want to say this and I'm done. If you're in this room and you don't have a living relationship with Jesus, for whatever reason it may be, 
Man, he desperately wants to have one with you. So much so that he left heaven, came to earth, and gave his life for you. If that's you and you want to put your faith publicly in Jesus in front of everybody, I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that. All I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. If that's you, you can just say, hey, man, that's me. Just lift up your hands. And not only will we see this in this room, I'm telling you, all of heaven will say, look, there's another one that put their trust in the life of you, Jesus. One, two, three. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. Well, Father, right now, I see that hand. Brother, thank you. Lord, I thank you that you take your word and you seal it and the work you do in our hearts and never let us forget it. What I want to do right now is I want to say a prayer, but I want everybody in the room to repeat this, repeat this prayer with me because I just saw a hand go up. And, and anytime God wants to enlarge his family, I say it's always a time to celebrate, right? And we all came by blood. We all came by blood. There's no other way to come. So just say this to me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your life lived the death you died my sins that you didn't cover but that you cleansed remove them from me as far as the east is from the west I receive your life by way of community and family show me how to walk with you Show me how to do life every day, fully aware of you with me. I see you as Lord. I see you as Redeemer. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for cleansing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.